Hello, welcome to episode four of What Some Will Call Lies and Reruns. I'm Mike Lawson. I used to have a weekly storytelling podcast, and now I'm sharing those stories on the Afterthought Media feed. On this episode, I'm sharing a story called The Gay Old Party and another one called Telltale Stash. The first one is about a Republican I used to date um, or that I kind of dated. You'll see. Um, it's weird. Uh, it's This is episode 22 in the grand scheme of things. Um, I kind of started out not really talking too much about like love life and gay stuff, even though I had a really gay audience. Um, but this is the first time that I really went into kind of dating and even talked about sex. Um, so here it, here it is. Uh, the Gay Old Party originally aired on Tuesday, April 17th of 2012. Episode 22, The Gay Old Party. God bless America. Today I'll reach across the aisle and try to caucus with the Republican Party. Hi, my name's Mike Lawson and I tell what some will call lies. Um, I really love telling stories. I love, I love, tell- I love I telling, telling stories. stories. What some would call lies. 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 Vomit. You lying son of a gun. Kind of creepy. He said. She said. I said. What the hell? Liar, liar, pants on fire. I love your dress. I'm not making this up. You are a goddamn liar. I'm back, bitches. (laughs) I love telling stories. This podcast is, in no particular order, a collection of stories from my life that I retell as accurately as I see fit. This isn't a political podcast, so please understand that when I'm saying that I'm an uber liberal. I'm just telling you this piece of personal information because it's part of the tale that I'd like to spin for you today. I would categorize myself as an incredibly liberal person. I'm registered as a Democrat, and that's only because there's currently no uber liberal party that has any chances of winning anything. That old cliche warns that you should never talk about religion, money, or politics. So I'll probably be recording a religion and money episode really soon too. But don't worry, this isn't actually a politics episode. I want to talk about something even more personal, dating. In 2006, I was very politically active. I was on the board of the local Young Democrats. I started a political blog that covered local politics and was taken pretty seriously by the local media. I attended political fundraisers. And because my life was so consumed with politics, I found that my social circle was pretty much void of anyone that wasn't liberal like me. Until one February evening, I met up with some friends at a bar called the Goat Hill Tavern in Costa Mesa. The Goat Hill is this totally seedy dive, and it smells like a frat house on a Sunday evening, like vomit, stale beer, and cigarettes. My friend Rebecca was going into L.A. that evening, but she wasn't driving, so she met up with us at the Goat Hill to wait for her ride. We had a few beers, we all talked and laughed, whatever, and then Adam walked in. He, Adam wasn't cute, he wasn't adorable or handsome or any of these other adjectives that I've used on this podcast to describe the men that I've dated. Adam was sexy. I leaned into Rebecca, who was already a bit buzzed at this time, And I said, look at that guy. 
That's Adam, she said, unable to control her volume at this point. That's my ride. I know, I had to bite my tongue too to refrain from making the joke that you're probably thinking right now. Something like, I wish he was my ride, or he could ride me, or whatever your filthy mind is thinking, I was right there too. He's hot, I whispered. And gay, she loud whispered back. Rebecca and Adam never made it to L.A. that night. Instead, I fed beers to Rebecca to keep her happy and compliments to Adam to keep him interested. And I left that night with Adam's number and a promise to call him in the next few days to arrange a date. It's a stupid first date question, but since I was so involved with political shit at the time, I thought it was important. Do you vote? I asked Adam as we sat on the patio of Felix's Cuban restaurant at the Orange Traffic Circle. Well, I'm registered to vote, he said, but I don't always. Um, okay, strike one. I'm registered as a Republican, he said. After looking around for hidden cameras... I smiled and said, why? He gave me some explanation about his family's values, about national strength, about personal freedom and opportunity, and I sat quietly and reminded myself that my real goal here, to be frank, my real goal was to get him to go to bed with me. I suppressed all of the things that I wanted to say. Things like how the foreign policy of the current president, George W. Bush at the time, the current policy of Bush was probably responsible for decreased national security. How, thanks to his party, freedom and opportunity were no longer brothers but distant, distant cousins. You have the freedom to pursue an education. You have the freedom to get health insurance. But good luck finding the opportunity to pay for it. I had just stepped into quicksand in an effort to save my life. I switched the subject. Tell me about your job, I said. Five or six times that I hung out with Adam were pretty good. He was actually really good at planning dates. One night, probably our third or fourth time that we met up, 
he took me to some bar in Long Beach where we watched one of his friends perform in a flamenco show. Then we ate oysters and drank beer with her and her partner after they danced. I avoided talking about this whole Republican thing like a desperate job seeker that has tickets to a cruise next month. Just give me the job, then we can talk about it. But getting the, getting the job was no easy task in this case. Getting the job required many, many interviews. And I was starting to think that maybe I didn't want to work here. Adam was really conservative. A prude, almost. Even after this date, after a few beers and oysters, I said, why don't you come back to my place? I'd like to, he said, but I gotta get up early tomorrow and go to my mom's. Ugh, I had enough. You know that in 1963, when the Equal Pay Act became law, your mom earned 59 cents for every dollar earned by a man doing the same job? I said. And in 2005, thanks to Democrats, the average pay for women increased to 77 cents for every dollar earned by men? I know, totally awkward. Um, I'll let her know, he said. We had a few more dates, and I did eventually get what I wanted out of him. And I knew this would never work out. I knew that this would never be more than a handful of dates and a little story I'd be able to tell on a podcast one day. But I kind of feel bad. He was a good guy, but I just could not get over this stupid political thing. One time when we were talking about our take-home income, he said something like, Uncle Sam takes so much out of my paycheck. And I rudely snapped back with something like, Oh yeah, maybe we should just abolish social security and unemployment insurance. What could possibly go wrong when the weakest of our society are starving and poor? And while we're at it, why don't we just give them all guns too? I actually don't know how he put up with me and my random liberal outbursts. I used to, just to upset him, I used to call oral sex. When we were talking about oral sex, I would call the act an LBJ. I shouldn't get too down on myself. I was just playing the dating game, figuring out what my deal breakers are. Finding out those characteristics that I just could not handle in a long-term mate. That's how you play. And now, thanks to the experience with Adam, I know that I can't date a Republican. And that's not because Republicans are evil people. It's because something in me won't allow it to work. It's not you, it's me. Alright, up next is a weird one, I'll admit to that. Uh, be patient with me guys. I'm kind of uh, replaying these and I'm finding like, oh, I w this is when I tried that or when I did that weird thing. This is a weird one. Um, it's a little more experimental than some of the other stories that I told. Um, this is called The Telltale Stash and it was originally published on Tuesday, April 24th of 2012. Here we go. 
true. Nervous. Very, very dreadfully nervous I had been and am. But why will you say that I'm mad? Observe how healthily, how calmly I can tell you this story. I'm not mad. I'm not crazy. Now, I can't remember the exact date that this story took place, but I can tell you that I've been haunted by the wrong that I committed that day. I've been haunted day and night. I loved my friend Amanda, and I would never do anything to intentionally hurt her. Please believe me when I tell you that my crime was not done out of spite, passion, or greed. the day when I was working for a test prep company in South Orange County, charging large amounts of money to wealthy kids, helping them get into schools that would also charge them large amounts of money. I worked tutoring high school kids one-on-one -on -one and in group settings. To get this job, you had to go through a series of interviews. The first one was an audition. You were told to prepare to teach a non-academic topic to a group. This audition was testing your character, not your smarts. So some of the better candidates taught things like how to cook and eat grasshoppers, how to string a guitar, how to annoy your neighbor, that sort of thing. I had my job as an SAT tutor for about a year when my friend Amanda, who was going to UC Berkeley, came home for the summer. She was in need of a part-time job and tutoring paid well, so she decided to audition. The non-academic topic that she decided to teach was how to style a mustache. It was a cute idea. She talked about different mustaches and what they say about your personality. So she spends a weekend with her stepdad making this big presentation board with different pictures of different types of mustaches. And it was a cute little presentation and she totally got the job. After her interview, she came by my place and we went out. She left all her stuff at my house and when it was time for her to go home, she forgot about the mustache board. of time goes by like a couple of months and this was a period when I was really into painting. I was too poor to buy canvases for my experimental hobby so I used whatever cardboard I could find lying around. You can already see where this is going right? I waited a long time patiently housing this huge piece of cardboard that I desperately wanted to paint over. One night while painting I brought out the folded cardboard presentation and looked at it. It was open, wide, wide open, and I grew furious as I gazed upon it. That backside was filled with emptiness. It chilled the very marrow in my bones, but I could see nothing else but this empty space begging for me to fill it. I've 
told you that what you might call madness is not really madness, right? I'm not mad. And as I smeared the paint onto this canvas, as I smeared the blue, mostly blue paint, some white paint, and as I ripped the presentation into pieces, and I tore up an old pair of jeans and stapled it to the painting, I felt more sane than ever. Finally, I ruined the presentation, but I gave birth to a piece of art. This empty cardboard that was taunting me for months was gone, dead. Its eve would trouble me no more. think I'm mad you won't think so for long when I describe how perfect this new piece of art settled into my home decor. Just two days after I made this piece of art out of torn up jeans, my roommate brought home a new denim couch slipcover and the painting found a home. I nailed the cardboard to the wall above the couch so cleverly, so cunningly that no human eye, not even Amanda's, could have detected that the presentation was smashed against my wall. There was no evidence to dispose of. No presentation pieces were ever removed. I'd been too wary for that, and I left them all intact. Ha <laughs> ha. A day or so after the art was nailed to the wall, there was a knock on my door. I answered with a light heart, for what had I now to fear? I led Amanda in. We sat on the couches and got caught up. She asked me, Where's my mustache board? My stepdad and I spent a lot of time on it, and we don't really do anything together, so I'd like to take it home. I smiled, for what had I to fear. I told her that I remembered seeing it, but wasn't sure where it went. Maybe my roommate threw it out? I told her she could search my apartment if she wanted, search well. I led her at length, even looking into my roommate's room. And then we returned back to the couch while I myself, in the wild audacity of my perfect triumph, sat down below the very spot of the mangled presentation board. Amanda was satisfied. My manner had convinced her. She started talking about a guy that she was going to school with that she had a crush on, but she was pretty sure that he was gay. But he was still flirting with her and it was incredibly confusing. I was singularly at ease. But then I felt myself getting pale, and I wished her gone. My head ached, and I started hearing a scratching noise in my ears. But still she sat, and still she chatted. The scratching became more distinct, and I suddenly realized that the scratching wasn't within my ears. No doubt I now grew very pale, but I talked more fluently and with a heightened voice. Yet the sound increased, and what could I do? I told Amanda that I wasn't feeling well. I told her that I needed some rest. After she left, I still heard the scratching. It was a low and dull sound, like, like a tree branch lightly tapping a window, asking to come in out of the wind, or a wiry mustache against the drywall. I paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides, but the noise increased. Oh God, what could I do? I foamed, I raved, I swore, I left the room where the mustache board was bound to the wall, but the noise arose overall and continually increased. It grew louder, louder, 
Louder. Was it possible that Amanda didn't hear this? Almighty God, no. She, she heard. She suspected. She knew. She was making a mockery of my horror. I ripped the painting from the wall and brought them down to the dumpsters. So hear this, Amanda. I admit the deed. Tear down the painting and reveal the presentation here. Here. It is the scratching of your mustache. Fuck, that was rough. <laughs> Thanks for sticking it out. Look, I am going to be sharing all of these with you, even the really shitty ones that I'm not too proud of. That one, man, it just didn't land the way I wanted it to. Um, next week, I have two more stories for you, and I think these might be better. Uh, one of them is called Heidi Ho, Miss Monroe, and that's about uh, working at an old folks home. And then another story I'm sharing is called At That Moment. And at that moment, I think think it's about working at a barbecue restaurant at that moment i'm not too sure though um so come back and listen next week uh bye bye I like to eat pizza.